Well, welcome to the Hunt Backcountry Podcast today, guys. Uh, we are right in the middle of hunting season as we're recording this. It is uh, September 27th, and on the line I have Steve and also Tyler Boshma, uh, and the three of us are all between hunts and trips and just coming off of stuff and wanted to touch base about Steve's recent sheep hunt that uh, Tyler joined him for, and so that's kind of what we're going to dive into today. Um, and so thanks guys for joining us. Obviously, Tyler, I think at this point you're not a guest anymore. So I'm going to skip some of the introduction uh, that we normally do for a guest because you're just like a number one, a close friend, but number two, you've been on the podcast plenty of time. So if people want to go back and hear who Tyler Boschma is, they certainly have ample opportunities to do that. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the story. Steve, I know that We've talked about this sheep tag a little bit um, in previous episodes and on Monday minutes and things like that. But I know that there'll be people tuning into this episode that maybe didn't get some of that. So let's just start square one. Uh, you had a sheep tag in the Frank Church Wilderness. How did that come about? What was the origins of this whole hunt? Yeah, so the origins of the of the tag or um, Idaho has our uh, kind of once in a lifetime species. So you got uh, mountain goat bighorn sheep, desert sheep, and moose. Uh, Mountain goat was tops on my list. Drew that back in 2014 after six or seven years of applying. And then ever since then, I decided to put in for sheep. Um, As a resident, the Frank Church odds are really good just because it's a tough hunt. It's low success odds. Logistically, it's tough. You got to either hike a long ways to get in there or fly in. Um, And it's just also a very physical hunt as uh, Tyler can attest to here. Um, So yeah, I, I finally got the tag this year was super super excited um i one thing i did different on my mountain goat tag i spent i think 17 days scouting and i and then hunted about 36 hours to kill my mountain goat (laughs) and it was kind of like it was such a like bittersweet like oh awesome i killed my goat but bummer i was in here for 36 hours like uh, i mean the the hunt to me on that one was all the scouting and all those trips combined you know uh, and I didn't want to do that on this one. So I didn't scout at all. I got, uh, I did a lot of, um, a lot of research, got connected with some great guys that, that really helped me out that have hunted sheep in the unit in the past, um, you know, steered me in directions to where they've seen sheep. Um, and then I did get to go fly it. We've got a friend who's a pilot. So we went and flew the unit one day, which was cool. Didn't actually see any sheep, but I uh, just got a, you know, really good, like, uh, obviously, uh, good look at the country that kind of, um, you know, just either eliminated or added areas of interest to me that I didn't necessarily pick up on Google earth or Onyx or something like that. So, um, yeah, got in there for my first hunt. Um, I, I wanted to do the whole hunt on foot, uh, just to add to the challenge, just, you know, like we always talk about the hunts, the more physical they are, the harder they are, the, the typically the better the story is, right? Um, the, the more memories are gained from a hunt versus if you're just to say fly into a strip and kill one, two miles from the strip and pack it back. It's still awesome, awesome experience. Um, and just to any sheep in the Frank, um, a lot of people told me that, that, I mean, this tag is right next to Montana's unlimited tag, which Tyler just got back from doing um, as far as just difficulty, right? Just low sheep numbers and so anytime you can come out of there with a the sheep, you you did something well, did something right. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do it on foot. First trip in, did it, uh, went in, I did like 43 miles in like a four day hunt and covered a lot of country. Never saw a single ram, never saw, uh, any sheep period, lambs or ewes. Um, saw, saw an elk, some deer, some bears, uh, two mountain goats. And it was a cool, cool trip, rugged, rough country. Um, but definitely, it's funny. I ended up where we, uh, you know, spoiler alert, killed the sheep, uh, ended up being not 300 yards from where I was on that first trip. I was just, it was actually, I wanted to camp not 50 yards above where, where we ended up shooting the sheep, but I got cliffed out and couldn't make it there. So if I I hadn't made it there on that first trip, I would have uh, probably seen those guys and killed them. But, um, yeah. So second trip in, uh, I was going solo and, and Mr. Boshma, um, was getting antsy. He really wanted to be with me on the, <laughs> on the, uh, trip. And, um, he was getting antsy. He felt like I was going to kill in this one, whether he was there or not. And he rearranged his whole schedule, had a buddy move a hunt. Uh, and, uh, we ended up meeting in chalice, uh, which is kind of the midpoint for him and me and, and flew into a strip. And we did have some fires that created some logistical issues of 
just not necessarily fires right there, super close to us, but the fires that um, uh, they were shutting down airstrips and the smoke was so bad, the pilots couldn't land. So we actually took off that day with like three different strips that we could land at. So we, I had to, we had a pretty diverse plan of like, okay, well, here's strip one, can't get there because of smoke. Here's strip two and here's strip three. And they were all, you know, you're talking 20 miles apart. So drastically different hunts. Um, but we actually ended up getting into our first strip and um, landed in there. It was kind of a fun little tight runway to get into. Uh, and then, yeah, the hunt hunt began. Yeah. Tyler, I know for you, uh, you know, going back probably a decade plus at this point, you were in Alaska stationed there, got a chance to hunt sheep. And then this story kind of ties back to last year. You and Steve hunted sheep in Alaska. Uh, you were supposed to go back to Alaska together this year and that changed. And then obviously Steve, Steve, uh, drew this tag. And, uh, I know from talking to you numerous times between the time Steve drew and the time you guys went on this hunt, like you were flat out sold on doing everything you could to be there. Um, at some point, what was it, Steve, you kind of mentioned it there, but for you, Tyler, what was it that you rearranged things to make this window hit? Cause I think the original plan was you're going to join them, uh, in October, if he hadn't killed by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Originally I had planned, um, I have a buddy here in Montana that drew a pretty sweet mountain goat tag where I've been kind of scouting and uh, playing around the unlimiteds. And so the plan was to help him and be there for the opener of the unlimiteds. And then just like logistically, like doing those in that order, especially with, yeah, you guys got a trip coming up where, you're leaving and the COVID test and just everything. Yeah. It just made it, um, pretty difficult where, yeah, it was just like, and I know Steve, like <laughs> if he was going to go in there, <laughs> I felt like it was, it was going to happen sooner and later. So yeah, there was definitely some incentive to kind of shuffle some stuff around last minute. And, um, yeah, make it work or got out with him. And, um, you know, I ended up, the only thing that re- really happened was, I ended up missing the opener for the unlimited sheep stuff here, but it worked out better for my buddy here that um, had a goat tag and, you know, pushed it off a week where they're a little bit better haired up and he ended up, spoiler alert, killing a sweet goat too. So, yeah, um, it just, yeah, it made sense to do it that way. All said and done, especially because, yeah, you know, Steve, he likes to, he likes to get things done early. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, what was, uh, you know, you went on that first trip solo, you mentioned for like four or five days. And then uh, I think you had roughly a week between the second trip with Tyler. What did, what was different for you going in this time, whether because you learned something on that first trip, or obviously there's just plenty of differences you can have solo versus a partner in terms of obviously packing things, more optics, but besides that obvious factor of, Oh, I have somebody with me. So we're going to do this different. Was there anything specific you took from the first trip and then changed or applied to the second trip? When you first gone to the question, I remember like once we killed the sheep, I just couldn't thank Tyler enough for being there. You know, it's like solo hunting is, is like kind of bittersweet. It's, it's fun. I like the challenge. I don't necessarily like the process, right? Like I think we can, a lot of people can um, relate to that of, back there being alone it's it's not as fun uh you're kind of lonely and you're stuck with your thoughts and they're they're fun when you get out but during it sometimes it's like a little uh i don't know it's just they're, they're just tough to do like you know i find myself on a solo hunt looking in the down times or you know crawling the tent at night looking at pictures of the family probably more you're just kind of just back there alone with no one to share it with and so i was i couldn't have been more thrilled that tyler was there somebody to high five and hug and celebrate with you know once you get that sheep down and then uh, obviously the, um, logistics of having that second person there splitting, you know, optics weight. Um, that's about all we split though. Cause, uh, we all, you know, we had our own tents and stoves and everything like that. That country kind of requires it. Um, but, uh, yeah, just having that person there was, was huge. Um, and especially a good buddy like Tyler. So, uh, what I learned from the first trip, you know, it was, uh, it was tough that, you know, we've, we had, I had really smoky bad conditions the first trip and, and it was no different the second trip. I mean, it was, I kind of told Tyler afterwards, like, gosh, I almost wish we could come back here in October when the smoke all clears and the fires are died down. And cause you, it was glassing was so stinking hard. Um, but it was just super important to, um, 
you know, the sheep are there. You could see their tracks occasionally, but it was super important to put time behind the glass and make sure um, that we were in glassing positions, you know, at first light and at, at sunset that, that first trip, I think I mentioned on the previous Monday minute or podcast we did. Um, I underestimated how long it'd take to move through the country. You know, it's like, okay, that's four miles. I should be able to casually do that, like hiking and glassing, moving a mile an hour and get there in four hours or something like that. And inevitably like two of the nights, I didn't even get to my glassing point until dark. Uh, so I completely missed an evening glassing session. Um, so that was definitely something I picked up was, you know, just, at like doubling the time I think it takes to get anywhere. Cause you just never know. Um, like Google earth, none of the cliffs and stuff show up in that country. It's, it's weird. Uh, when you look on Google earth, it's like, Oh, I can walk right up that Ridge and you get there. And, uh, it's just, just rough, rough country. We joked at the, um, towards the end of it. It was like, I don't think I put a single tent stake in the ground, like easily the entire trip. Um, I think we were in there for six nights total with packing the meat out and, um, it's just rough and rocky. It's just rugged stuff. Hmm. Did you guys move pretty much every night up until you killed the sheep at least? Yeah. Yeah. No, we were hundred percent mobile every single night, different camp. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah so, um, we get dropped off and, um, kind of hit a, hit a Creek bottom trail and, um, and I'd been told there'd been sheep in the area. So we really just took our time that first morning. Didn't have super far to go, maybe six miles, seven miles to where we wanted to be for the afternoon, evening. And uh, yeah, took our time that morning because we got in there early um, and just didn't pick up anything. Stumbled across, uh, I guess, right when we first started climbing tire, we, we did stumble across that cheap track. Um, once we, we filled up on a creek, got like six, seven liters of water and start hiking up and immediately run into a sheep track. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Like, it's like a good thing, but it's also like, uh, um, man, we got to be like, we got to be on it. You know, like I, I kind of had... Um, I guess what I learned from sheep was that they live in certain areas, right? Like they have this little home that's like three eighths of a mile and they stay there. And while that's true, they do, they do roam a little bit every once in a while. I think Um, just, just, we saw it with tracks on the ground. They were, you know, they were traveling, moving somewhere. I I don't know where. Um, So you couldn't just kind of like hike point A to B. We definitely had to treat it more, um, almost like a late season deer hunt or something like that, where there, you feel like there could be animals anywhere. So you're just glassing constantly. And all that country has been just scorched for the most part that everything's glassable. That, that's probably the hardest part was everything looked good. Everything looked like it could hold sheep. Um, and you're just looking at miles and miles of country that it's really hard to, to sit down. You could never just pick it all apart. Right. Um, it's just so massive that, uh, um, it just, yeah, there's just no way to pick it apart. So that was another thing with having Tyler there, having a second set of eyes um, was absolutely critical. Tyler's the one who spotted the sheep. Um, you know, it's like, if I'd been solo, I probably don't kill a sheep on that trip. It's, um, I feel like this uh, sheep is, you know, half as Tyler's as much as it is mine. Any, uh, anything to add from that kind of first bit of the getting dropped off Tyler, seeing the country, making the, the first initial approach there? You know, I was going back and looking at pictures and videos and kind of just, yeah, reminiscing already a little bit. And one thing that um, on that first day that stood out is like, you know, flying into Alaska and having a super cub and going to those like super short, quote unquote, sketchy strips actually felt more comfortable to me than flying into this backcountry airstrip in a plane that you have to like approach so much faster. Like I didn't realize how much like I did not. I was like, ah. I'm out. Like <laughs> we like skipped, like we just barely like topped over this like little hill and then just dive bomb down. And it's like the whole time he's, you know, he's cooking along pretty good. And it's like, Oh man, are we going to zoom off the end of this, <laughs> this little runway? <laughs> yeah, it was a tight strip. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, like, like Steve said, that country just like you can super, um, underestimate just, yeah, getting around in it and then water too, like water, was you know you asked about us staying mobile like that was almost not by choice like we, we just had to move to get water so you know instead of you know dropping two thousand feet get water and coming right back we'd we'd figure out a better angle to look into this you know certain drainage or whatever and, and kind of shift around that way um i know that morning we we spotted those rams um 
our plan was to just do that. We were going to, you know, again, drop down and then get water and then find another angle. And, you know, we got lucky in the fact that spot them as far as we did, but I, I think we probably would have turned them up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. What did you ultimately, uh, decide on, on glassing instead of Steve, especially having Tyler along? What did you guys pack in? Um, so Tyler had his 12 by 42 pures and then he packed the Koa 77 millimeter spotter, uh, which turned out like that was the difference maker, right? Uh, <laughs> I had, um, my eight by 42 Soros, the, the yellow range TAs, and then I packed some, some of the SIG 15 by 56s. Um, and basically that the distance we were glassing, the binos were virtually worthless. The only time you could pick up sheep uh, was when first thing in the morning when the sun would hit them. And, and definitely like a lesson I learned from Tyler really is like, man, once the sun hits these things, they kind of glow white, a uh, little, little bit of white on the back of their legs and their butt. And even the rest of their fur, they definitely just kind of, they glow white. Um, and it's really important to be glassing, you know, with the sun at your back morning and evening, if you can, um, kind of work that out. Um, you know, sometimes the country just doesn't allow it. In our case, it didn't allow it. Like the sheep were there and the only glassing point was basically with the sun at our back in the morning. And then we were really glassing kind of quartered into the sun in the evening, which made the evenings almost impossible to glass. Um, but yeah, even, at, even the 15s, um, specifically the sheep, like my sheep that I killed, um, you know, they were pretty far away, I think three and a half miles or something like that. But Tyler could pick them up in the scope and I knew exactly once I picked them up in the scope because I couldn't find them in the binos and went back to the binos. They just couldn't see them flat out. Like you're looking through the binos thinking I should be able to see these sheep, but they're just these little tiny ants moving across the, they just really couldn't pick them up. So definitely uh, op- packing big optics. I, I, I knew better, you know, but that light, lightweight side of me on that first trip, I, I didn't pack a big spotter. Um, I, I remember specifically Tyler and our, on, our Alaska doll sheep hunt last year. I tried to bring the little 55 and just once you get in that big country stuff at three, four miles, uh, it just doesn't quite cut it. Yeah. I, I think too, like just, I mean, yeah, that's kind of works in Alaska too, but the atmospheric conditions we had, like just the amount yeah. of folk, and like, yeah, like you said, looking into the sun or looking kind of, you know, cockeyed into the sun in the evenings, just you needed that little bit extra push just to get through there and you know if it was perfectly clear and you know nice out probably wouldn't have mattered and you know october probably been great yeah where's the story pick up uh yeah so day one get our we get up to our evening glassing point at i don't know four or five uh ended up uh (laughs) like again we were like reflecting back on the hunt and we're like if we had brought a two-man dent because i kind of debated it for a second we did that in alaska last year we brought my hilberg two-man with just the shell and then baby sacks to kind of give us a lot of versatility like if we'd gone that route we would have been sol like we literally didn't have a single spot the entire trip where you could have pitched a two-man tent um so <laughs> what we did that we got up to our glassing point and there's this nice little flat spot where we had two kind of perfect perfect places to throw one-man tents and and then glassing like 20 yards away. And this was a spot um, I'd been pointed towards um, uh, that sheep had lived in the past. Guy had killed a sheep there in like the 90s um, and looked good on the maps and then got there. And we just didn't uh, glass that evening hard, spotted three bears that night um, and just didn't pick up sheep. And then just, you know, didn't have that um, warm, fuzzy feeling about it. Sometimes you just have a gut feeling about country and, um, you know, I was, uh, everyone said like, if, you know, if you got a spot sheep are at and you think they're there, you need to stay for two, three days because they, they could be there and you're just not going to pick them up on that, those first couple glassing sessions. Um, but we just didn't feel great about it. So we did, you know, Tyler and I both the night before made the plan, like, all right, let's not give up on this too soon, but let's at least stay till noon. You know, like, it's not like, let's not glass for the first 45 minutes, not see something and like get all rushed and start packing up to move country. So we stuck it out till noon, picked up those same three bears again, um, and then just never saw a sheep. So I was like, okay, it's time to move. This move was pretty big. I think it was like eight, nine miles. Um, so, and we, you know, there wasn't, 
no trail or anything like that. It was all just like, all right, we'll work up this ridge, hit this peak, bounce across this ridge. Uh, knew there was a water source up high. So like, all right, we'll get to that water and then kind of get a game plan from there. And um, yeah, just kind of hustled our butt off and, and ended up getting to that water source. Uh, and then on the way, right before the water source, there's like, hey, that looks like a good spot to camp if we drop down this ridge and we glass all this country. So got water, bounced back to that spot. And um, I guess, did we see, did we see sheep that night, Tyler? Or was it the next morning? Yeah. Yeah, we, we were able to, yeah, yeah, we picked them up because, yeah, I spotted those three, and yep. then, um, yeah, then the next morning we picked up all the, yeah, they were, we picked them all up, like that. Yeah, group that's right. Yeah. And then we just so, saw them again this morning. Yeah, we saw a long way away, three and a half miles, we saw three or four sheep kind of come out of this little rock tree pile, and one of them, you know, through the spotter and smoke, it, just horrible glassing ties, like, I think that's a ram, and then we, uh we're looking at it and then you it was just so far away and so crappy you just couldn't tell but the bodies of the other ones around it looked way smaller and like gosh i just that's the only thing that kind of like seeded some doubt in my mind of whether it was ram or not and tyler kind of after looking at looking back at it kind of had the same thought um but then we did pick up you know like two basins over from them picked up a big group of 21 um lambs and ewes and uh um, so that was encouraging it was like okay finally this is like day seven for me of between the trips, like finally have seen some sheep. Uh, it's like, that was a, a definitely encouraging. Cause I, at that point, like I, the first trip, I had a super great positive attitude. And the second trip, um, it was just like, Holy crap. Like you're just, you know, all day long behind the binoculars. I've never been in country like that um, where you could see that much country and you're just not seeing animals. You know, it'd be, It'd be one thing if we weren't seeing sheep, but we we're seeing elk and deer and other things to kind of like keep you motivated and excited. But it just seems so void of wildlife. Like we didn't see on this whole this whole second trip. I think we saw four does, four or five yeah. does, and then the bears. Not a single elk. Saw some elk track, but not a single elk. I mean, it's just depressing because uh, it's you know it's a big open country that looks like it should hold animals. Um, so finally saw those sheep, and that was a big like okay, they do exist. They're here. <laughs> we just got to like dig our heels in and, and keep looking. Um, so saw those sheep pretty, pretty close to dark, went to bed that night, got up, you know, made sure we were up glass and first light in the morning, um, picked up the big group of lambs and ewes, but did not see the other group, uh, that we had had in question, you know, in that first, um, that first, we got good glassing that first morning the sun was at our back, lit up these basins really well. Uh, again, we're still like three and a half miles away. So didn't pick them up and then just immediately kind of went into Onyx. And I can't tell you how many times I used Onyx to draw lines of like how far things were, right? Like I knew I, ideally I wanted to be within like a mile, mile and a half of what we were glassing, but it just wasn't completely possible in that country. It's just so big and, and just expansive. Um, so we, we've like, okay, if we, hike back. We go back to that same water source. We can move up the ridge. This next camping spot puts us about two miles away. So we, we cut off about a mile and a half, um, and get closer and hopefully we can pick up the sheep. We do that, um, that afternoon, get to that camp spot. And, uh, you know, the, the frustrating thing is along the way, you're just like walking by so much country, like this should hold sheep. This should like, you just, it, there should they should be there you know like you just everything looked good and you wanted to stop and glass it check it out and um we eventually got to where we wanted to camp that night and um the sun i thought gosh if i remember right tyler the sun was so miserable that night the glassing was basically pointless yeah yeah i think that's where we were both just like oh man <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and we're not going to move you know drop two thousand feet hike two thousand feet every morning and evening you know to change that view um, I think, you know, we're like, what do we do? Like, do we drop down this and do that like every morning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely frustrating smoke. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the sheep you guys were glassing, were they hanging pretty tight to timber pockets? Uh, no, they were out in a fairly open basin. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, the there was, too. yeah, there was some timber, but not a lot. So, um, yeah. So with that, that evening, it was just like, I, I got frustrated again. Cause we, we made the move, we got closer, 
was super optimistic and the, and the smoke and the haze was just freaking horrible to where uh, it's like you just I mean you just couldn't glass it was it was like looking into fog um, and then went to bed woke up and I don't did we I don't know if we saw that big group that next morning did we um no we saw some scrylers they were split up um the ones went out kind of more towards the timber on the ridge and then some other dropped down in the rocks that's right Um, okay and then yeah i was that's when i was just like i need to stop looking at these stinking things and kind of (laughs) pant over and voila (laughs) yeah yeah it's probably like well maybe two hours into the morning you know and and frustrated that first small group that we saw we never just never picked up again and we should we had a great look into the country um and then all of a sudden yeah tyler's like dude i don't i don't even remember your words uh he's like how much do you love me or something like that (laughs) (laughs) and i could just tell immediately like oh crap here it is and yeah tyler picked them up those and they were well three and a half miles plus i I don't think i'd draw a line but they were a long ways away um yeah (laughs) <laughs> we, and then Tyler just kept him, kept the scope on him and just didn't lose track. You know, it was really, really tough glass and, but you could just barely see him through all the smoke, but kind of kept track on where they bedded. Um, so we went and packed up camp and, you know, we're, they're three and a half miles away. There's a, a you know, almost a 2000 foot ridge in between us and them. We got to drop down this massive Canyon. It's uh, we just started developing a plan of like, how the heck are we going to get over there? Um, and ended up deciding like, well, we're going to slow play this. We'll there's that we'll get on that Ridge in between us. Um, so it took better part of, I don't know, five, six hours to get over there, uh, to that middle Ridge dropped down, reloaded up with water. Um, got five or six liters of water this time, went up to that middle Ridge and, you know, now we're like, Oh, probably a mile and a half from the sheet. And, uh, yeah, three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. It was so smoky. I didn't even pull out the the my binos. I I just like there's no point to see. And Tyler pulled out the spine scope. Like I'm just gonna try to pick them up. And I was like, here, dude, you're not gonna see him. Like it's it's horrible. And within like thirty seconds, he's like, I got him. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Um, and uh, yeah, Tyler, you pick you would pick you'd kind of knew where they bedded right, and then just kind of immediately went to that, and then started glassing. Yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was one of those funny things. Just, you know, luck would have it. Um, just happened to kind of, they were up feeding again, kind of their midday change of beds and do whatever they do and um, happened to just pull up the glass at that right time. Like, looking back, you know, when I first saw those ramps too, like, that was just like, it was literally like we had a, a minute, two minutes to watch them and then they would drop down into that shaded part of the hill where we never would have seen them. So if I hadn't, panned over just at that time like i wouldn't have caught those rams in the first place and then same thing on that once we got to that ridge and looked it was just like they just happened to be up feeding and you know it's just one of those things it was like it's just timing wise just we nailed it just yeah as luck would have it and um they actually stayed out after that for quite a while um which just surprised the heck out of me like the hottest part of the day and they were kind of up you know out in the sun moving around and yeah it was you know, later on we did find out there was water right in that little, little draw or whatever that we pulled, um, which man, that was a lifesaver. Um, but yeah, it was just super surprising how they were out at like three o'clock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Patai picks them up and then we immediately, they're kind of feeding away from us. And actually, no, right when we sat down, we're like, okay, we know the sheep are in this area. It was right before we and we start we immediately started building a plan, like, okay, how are we going to um there there was like a ridge down lower to the right that we could have moved to um and gotten closer and it would have put us in position like within an hour, hour and a half, we've we could have been in shooting position. It would it got us close. Uh and it was it was for the most part safe to get to, but we didn't know where the sheep were. And like, God, if we do if they moved closer to us after we lost them in the morning um, and we're in this timber pocket and they feed around this ridge, we're not going to see them. So ultimately we're like, we got up there and we're like, okay, we're just going to stay the night right here. We'll relocate them this evening. We'll relocate them in the morning and then make a game plan on them. 
Uh, and then what a second Tyler picked him up, it had kind of answered the question like, well, they're not going to go where we were worried about them going. So now like we can get closer. Um, and we watched them for maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't long. Then the afterburners yeah. got put on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't long and they were basically feeding away and they're feeding towards this Ridge. And I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of run through all the scenarios on my head of, all right, like, you know, these are the only sheep we've seen that, you know, from what I know about Rams, from what I've been told, uh, they're not necessarily going to be moving country. So, you know, we should be able to pick them up, you know, in the morning, uh, this evening, the next morning, we got time. Um, but at the same time, it just laid out pretty well for us to be kind of aggressive to get, just get closer. Um, so immediately just kind of like, uh, and I guess I can't tell you how important like having Onyx and Earthmate and, and the maps downloaded were because it was, um, you know, on this ridge. And I remember studying it pretty well on Google Earth and I knew there was cliffs below us and I, I wasn't sure if we could get down, but I was able to pull up Onyx and literally the, the draw that we were on top of, it was, you know, it dropped fast down to the creek, um, but I could see brush all the way down like um and i was like oh sweet we're, we're good tired we can just drop straight down from here we're not going to get cliffed out um and we dropped down that and it's pretty crappy but not not the end of the world you know like 30 45 minutes later we're down there in the bottom um one thing that was crazy was that the bottom i had seen this on the first hunting trip the top end of it but there had been uh, um like three inches of uh, i guess there was a, a night in july where they got like three inches of rain and there was a massive landslide mudslide that happened up in this drainage and we got down at the creek bottom and it looked like a tsunami came through the bottom of it there, we were there was trees like standing green trees 15 feet up in the air you can see where the logs had been coming down the creek and were beating the crap out of the trees it was a um like on the pack out we were looking around like if there's a if there was a sheep down here it's freaking dead or dead elk or whatever we were looking for horns <laughs> on the ground yeah, I was um, looking it was, the whole way out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an impressive, like, you could have seen, you know, you hear like uh, people die in flash floods or whatever like that. And you're like, oh, like, I'm sure that would, you'd have time. Like, it was, it would have been impressive to see that in person. Like, well, just, you know, as long as you're up on the hill above it, but um, had to have been crazy. Uh, but we get down, the, and that, it was actually great. We got down to the creek bottom, and it was like 20 feet wide and sandy because just the whole, that flash flood just blew everything out. And we were able to get up to the bottom of the next draw that we had to go up to towards the sheep. And we get up there and, and we didn't have to go, but half a mile and we could see kind of the ridge that the sheep were on. And, and we, you know, we were playing it very cautious. Um, and our plan was to go get on the ridge across from them you know, pick them up that evening. Maybe, maybe if everything worked out, we'd go make a move that evening. But I think that, you know, really I was heading down that hill. Just like, all right, we're going to get closer. We're going to play this safe. Um, we'll camp on the ridge across from them and just, you know, you know, we'll kill them tomorrow morning. Well, we get in that Creek bottom and we kind of get down below them and we're just looking like we kind of got pinned in that, where we kind of wanted to go up was just super sunny, super exposed, but we could just climb straight up this hill, um, basically right at the sheep, like one little finger ridge over from them. And I pull out Onyx and my like, gosh, if we get up there and the sheep are where they were at, they're going to be three, 400 yards from us. Um, and I don't know, Tyler, neither, neither one of us really questioned it. We just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was funny. Like looking back, I, I drew so many parallels between us walking away from that ram in Alaska that was like, you should have killed. Like, it was just so close to legal. And as we're pulling that ridge to go kill your Idaho ram, it's like trekking poles jammed down in, like not look back. And, yeah, we just bombed up in that steep little chute and made her happen. It was yeah. cool. I was, the whole, whole way was just thinking about it because it was just that same – same scenario you know we were pulling out of that super steep mm -hmm. every step counted um yeah yeah that, we, so we started it's one of the it was a one of those deceiving hills where you're looking at it like oh that's steep but we'll climb up that thing and then we start hiking up it and immediately like within the first 20 yards we kind of climb it up and then we kind of had like side hill this little section and all of a sudden we put ourselves in there was like a 15 20 foot cliff to the right of us that went into the creek and i think most of that got created from the the uh 
the landslide, the flash flood. Um, and it was like, and you just, it was like, if you slip right here, you're falling down there and landing on your head. This is not going to feel good. Uh, it was sketchy. It was like kind of hard, really hard soil and grassy. And yeah, it was definitely like every step, every like slam the trekking pole into the ground. Uh, do not F up here. Cause it's not going to feel good if you slide down that sucker and you're not stopping, you know, it's steep enough that you're not stopping. Um, and we ended up took us a while to climb up that thing. It was, it was a steep son of a gun. And both of us, we got up and I think almost simultaneously looked at each other and we'd been thinking about on the way up, like, there's no way we're going down this light or dark. Um, cause you just, you wouldn't, you just, you'd slide the second you slipped, you're going all the way down to the bottom. And so it was kind of like, gosh, dang, if like, I don't know what to do. If we get up there and the sheep are in that basin, um, there's nowhere to camp on this hill. Or like we kind of joked about like, well, we can just five fifty cord ourselves to a tree and just keep us from rolling down the mountain in the middle of the night. Um, but you know, it was, it was kind of like a dilemma in my head of just obviously I'm playing through all these scenarios. Like, okay, if the sheep are there, but we can't get a shot, there's no way we, we knew we could kind of, at least on the map, it looked like we could get down with the base and the sheep were in, but we we're definitely not going back down where we just went up. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I just kind of created this dilemma of like, gosh, dang, I, hope this goes down tonight or I hope the sheep feed around the other side. Cause uh, other than that, we got no way to get back out of here. Um, but we get up there, take our time and, uh, um, not take our time, I guess, just cause it was freaking steep and we were huffing and puffing. Um, but we get to a spot that, you know, um, all right, like I'm on, a pull up onyx. Like, all right, the sheep were here. We're at this rock. It looks about, you know, 350, 400 yards. Uh, and we get there and, and we were, the sheep were, you know, it's like, all right, well, let's just sit here, Tyler, wait for a little bit. The, the winds were like, we were in this shady spot, but the sun was like, uh, so the winds were kind of coming down, but then where the sheep were part of that, the sun was hitting. So it was going, the winds were going up and there was a super annoying cotton plant. Um, I don't know what weed it's called, but it, had, it threw off these little cotton ball type things. Um, and it was actually pretty cool. Cause you could just, you could look at them and they, you know, at hundred yards away, you could see them just floating through the air and you got this like really good look at what the thermals are doing, uh, all the way to the sheep, which was cool. And so it kind of, after I saw that, like, yeah, the, our wind's definitely not blowing towards them at, at one point it'd go like 20 yards towards them. And then the cotton would drift up, drift off up into, up into the air. Um, but we get there and peek around and the sun, I mean, we're just looking right into the sun. There's nothing like you just can't see anything. Um, and so we just had to wait for like 45 minutes, but it was good. Got time to like, kind of calm the nerves, run through scenarios. Um, you know, Tyron, I just kind of sat there quietly chatted for a little bit. And then the second, the sun, um, kind of went down behind the mountain. Um, you know, I, I kind of pointed toward Tyler, like, Hey, I think I want to go, you know, 10 yards above us. There's a, it was steep enough that there was like this little log laying on the ground and another little stump sticking up and i was like i think i could use those to kind of like jam my body into so i can get laid prone on this little finger ridge spine ridge uh and not slide down the hill and tyler's like yeah i think that's a good idea and he kind of circled around and i didn't take like four or five steps up and he he peeked over like dude the sheep are there and so i was like instantly i'm climbing up that and the heart rate starts racing like holy crap this is going to happen you know because it's been you know probably at this point three hours since we'd seen the sheep but they were still right where we left them for the most part and got up there and and ranged them and uh so there was a band of four rams uh they were uh, they had moved up the hill a little way so they're at 530 yards um and one thing i'll say like you know i'm like 600 yards to me is like my kind of personal max with the, with the gun i did get this this new gun that divide guns built me uh, and I've been shooting it lights out. Um, I did that on the, on the first trip. There was a couple times where, um, I just felt like I was in no man's land and I went and I just shot. I put, it was actually pretty cool. I put the, put uh, I have a phone scope for my little, uh, that Koa 55 and I'd zoom it in and video a rock. And then I'd crawl right underneath, um, the actually right, shoot underneath the tripod leg. So you could see the vapor trail, um, really easily. And I, and I shot, um, I think three different times on that trip it, it rocks anywhere from 500 to 750 yards and i was nailing it every single time um guessing the wind right um making the right calls and and, and so i was super confident in my shooting on that first trip uh and then the second trip 
I had gone out to the desert uh, like two days prior and the winds were really, really funky out here south of Boise and I was shooting like crap and I, my confidence was shaking. I remember told, told Tyler going to the trip, like, dude, I was feeling great on that first trip, but I was just really erratic on this, this other, um, when I went out to the desert, um, and I was like, I think I'm like 400 yards might be my max. And then on our, that first morning on the way in, um, I, sh- I found our, there was just a, again, we were just like kind of walking through some country and like, yeah, this doesn't look like any sheep are going to be here. Um, and there was just a rock that was out there at 500 It's actually 530 yards, exact same shot as the, as the sheep, um, uh, laid down prone and just, you know, drilled within like three inches of where I was aiming. So I, I kind of like got that confidence back and, um, I knew if I could get the gun on the bipod, uh, and I had like a, um, I made like a custom stuff sack that uses a rear bag. And I, so I crawled up, um, got the range, got the gun on them. And literally like, I didn't, this, this, the crosshairs were just sitting perfectly in the center of the chest, like no wobble, no movement, just rock solid, steady. And for how steep the country was, it was kind of almost surprising, right? Like you'd think you'd, you'd be in an awkward shooting position, but I was able to get fairly comfortable. And, um, Tyler got, there was two sheep in the group. The one was definitely more mature, but from the side, they looked similar. Um, and so we kind of, it was probably like maybe five minutes or so of figuring out which one was which. Um, and once we, we kind of looked at him and decided he was a shooter, uh, Tyler, um, Tyler gave me the range, told me what to dial, dialed it. Um, and man, I got in the, got in the gun and shot pretty quick. Like it was just so steady and rock solid and the sheep was standing perfectly broadside and, um, ended up hitting, um, I think we thought there was a little bit of right to left wind. So I, I held about five inches right and hit exactly where I was aiming. So wind didn't push the bullet at all, but, um, hit him a little high, but it was so steep up that it, it did like inner low, but spined him. He dropped, um, and then flopped around. And then, uh, uh, I couldn't relocate him in the scope cause he'd wedged himself some in between some trees. So Tyler luckily kept the spine scope on him and I jumped out and I actually looked on his phone, uh, you know, cause he was recording the whole thing through the phone scope. Um, and was able to like get a reference point, get back in the gun, put another bullet in him, and he was expired. And we had like, um, you know, 30, 40 minutes of light left. And it was just surreal. It just happened so fast. Um, you know, going into that hunt thinking, uh, that stock thinking it was going to be a two day stock and ended up, you know, by that evening, having a dead sheep was, was just pretty incredible. Um, and then, yeah, we started working over the sheep and, and, uh, I, I remember pulling out my bladder and taking a sip. I'm like, Oh, son of a gun. I forgot to get water. And I knew we were spending the night up with this sheep. There was no way we we're going to get this thing cut up and down this hill in the dark. Um, and just, it was crazy, crazy lucky. There happened to be a spring on the way to the sheep in between us. Really? Uh, from where you yeah. shot to where you, yeah, from where we shot to there, I could look, you didn't see it. It was just it all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, I hear trickling water. And then there's just this little tiny spring, you know, so it took like five minutes to fill up your one liter bottle. It was so small, but it was water. So that yeah. was like uh, icing on the cake for us. The good Lord was like, here you go, boys. Here's your sheep and here's some water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, we crawled up to him. Tyler was, uh, you know, I think he, he hung back cause he knew like, just gave me a moment with the sheep, like just to kind of reflect and take it in and then, uh, came up and, um, yeah, just high fives and hugs and just surreal, man. It's, it's, um, you know, I had that for my mountain goat hunt of, uh, there's just once in a life it's, it's hard to even understand that right like and you know the way bighorn sheep tags are it truly could be the one and only sheep i ever killed in my life bighorn sheep um uh and um yeah just trying to just pause and take that in and appreciate it and so uh yeah we get to the sheep get 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 some photos done um and uh and it was getting pretty much about ready to turn on the headlamps it's like tyler you like I'll start cutting the sucker up, man. Why don't you go find a place for us to sleep? Uh, cause we're sleeping on this mountain somewhere. And there was, you know, you could, there's a little ridge below us that, you know, it's pretty steep down, but it looked like it might have some spots. So Tyler went over there and uh, I started cutting up and he came back, you know, you weren't gone for five, 10 minutes, were you? Yeah. Zoomed down there and we're like, yep, there's two logs we can wedge against. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we could, we cut it up uh quarter, got the head off, quartered it up. 
left all left everything bone in and then just um there was a, a good log right there and just put all the meat on that that night and then headlamped it over to the to the uh, where we we're gonna sleep and it probably took like I don't know, a good 15 20 minutes to kick out a spot to sleep but that's that the versatility of i guess i had my bivy sack tyler you just took your tent and and used it as a bivy sack kind of um slept yeah. on top of it rolled up in it um but, but in that steep country you know i, I talk all the time about how a, a tarp and bivy sack is just so so handy and it just that was a perfect example of it hunting mobile like that you know if you if we had had a a two-man tent that you know needed a big flat spot i i don't know what we would have done um you know it was uh i guess it was a clear sky so you could have just slept under the stars regardless but um you know if rain came or something not not having that versatility would be a bummer so we kind of uh slept slept pretty dang good just knowing that the the you know got the tag filled and tyler did pack some uh, uh bighorn whiskey so we took our our sh- that was actually kind of fun <laughs> we, <laughs> we took our little you know little single serve shots and, and then we're both cutting up the sheep like holy crap man i'm spinning here um <laughs> you know you had about a 15 minutes of feeling drunk off of one shot of whiskey um but uh yeah we slept good that night woke up boned them out and then you know i think in that i guess during this whole process was like okay how we're back here how the heck are we going to get out of here there's there's no there's no trail there's nothing for a long ways um and i we uh basically the one route i drew i was guessing 23 to 24 miles back to the strip um the way we flew in was like 19 20 miles but that was in the direction of a fire and that strip was open but the pilot had said they like more often than not they can't land in there um just because the smoke's so bad i was like gosh tyler like we could save ourselves a few miles and there's no climbing it's all kind of down drainages to get out there but uh i don't want to get there and be stuck for two days and smoke and waiting for the plane to come get us so we elected to go the longer route and um just knew it was going to be a haul we had a couple different options to get out of there um one of them was to go up this creek bottom and that's what we elected to do uh because we could keep our packs light and not um not have to camel up on water till the very very end and then we just had a not a massive climb to get up and out of there because you're just climbing the whole way up the creek bottom um and yeah it allowed us to stay light so we we got up uh we started hiking that morning um i love how you say stay the... light but you're carrying like camping a sheep <laughs> right. i mean we say well, like you know so, yeah, water, the, but... i guess if we had <laughs> If we had had to go one of the, if we had got down to the creek and then climbed up, um, you know, you just would have had a camel, like really probably add another eight to 10 pounds of water because it was yeah, going to be a exactly. long time until you got to water. And it was hot. It was 70 something degrees and sunny and no wind that day. Um, no, actually, there was a good wind. We had that tailwind the coming up. The evening it that, kicked up. Yeah, yeah, that evening it kicked up. That was miserable. That this, this cotton plant, I don't know what the hell the weed is, but you'd walk through it and it just, it'd be like, almost like if you busted a cattail, like right in front of you, mm-hmm. it was just all this cotton crap floating and you, we were inhaling it. Um, it was freaking miserable. Tyler was getting it stuck in his glasses the whole time. Uh, but yeah, we ended up, uh, yeah, we got to the Creek, started hiking up it. Um, I, uh, um, we had, um, left our Crocs, um, and, um, you know, back at the trucks and, um, I was like, damn it, Tyler, I wish we had our Crocs right now so we could walk up this sucker. Um, that uh, So we, you know, just walk right up the creek. But I ended up, I was just wearing those Solomon Cross hikes and I, I pulled out the insoles, put on the dirtiest pair of socks I had, and then just walked right in the creek. Um, and I knew at the end of it, I could, you know, the shoe's not going to hold that much moisture that I could throw dry socks on and the dry insoles in and probably be all right. That, that plan worked worked really well um and then tyler had a uh his hanbogs on like a more bigger leather boot and so he was definitely having to do a lot more um popping and skipping and just trying to keep from getting too deep in the creek because there was times i was you know thigh deep in this creek and the pools and stuff like that and other sections it was ankle deep you know but it was uh on onyx it was three miles up this creek bottom which doesn't sound bad but it was brushy ended up recording it ended up being five miles um and I think it took us, 
gosh, I don't know. How many hours did that take us to get up that creek? Six hours? Something like Days that? Days of waste. Dude, I don't it, know. I remember, it, like, yeah. you had the tracker going, and at best, we were doing a half mile per hour. Yeah. Like, it, the way I tried to tell people how bad it was, was we did that, what it took us to do that three miles, we ended up doing 12 miles the next day, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, On trail. Yeah. yeah. It was Let's rough. It yeah. It was rough. It was just uh, freaking avalanche piled down in this creek bottom. And you know, I I looked the best I could on Onyx, and it, it just seemed like okay, this that spot's rough. But then you get like 400 yards of clear, and then it's rough, and then you get a little, you know 100 yards, and ended up there wasn't a single step in there. Like half halfway through, I was like, you know, F it, Tyler, I'm gonna go up on the shale because it was just super steep and piled in there in the creek bottom. I get up on the shale and I did like a hundred yards. Like, nope, F this, I'm going back to the creek bottom. (laughs) Yeah, that literally sounds exactly like the drainage from day two of the death hike for our group. Yeah, I think so, man. It was it was horrible. So that three miles on Onyx was actually five miles with like you could zoom in on Strava after after the fact once I got back to service and uploaded it. And you could, I mean, there just wasn't a straight line. It was 20 yards left 10 yards right five yards left um crawling over logs crawling like it was just a, a, a you know a crap show um and just in hindsight we got done like ah oh, that was freaking miserable but um uh like i don't, i think energy expenditure wise because it, it shaved off like four or five miles for us if we'd gone the other kind of you know ended up at the same point but we would have to do a big kind of l shape if we had gone the other way where it climbed out of the creek bottom and um just because of how the ridges laid out and uh like oh, all right that wasn't the end but in hindsight looking back it, it was just dangerous you know there was times where we were uh you know 10 15 feet above the water walking on you know 10 inch logs with freaking heavy packs and um both of us had two like i a log gave way on me once and the inside of my left knee still all bruised up from it and i know tyler had a good little fall in there so hindsight is, it wasn't the safest route definitely something you would not have done solo just because you'd have been pretty sol down there by yourself but we, we made it through uh <laughs> we did take a break and then um we're like oh we could climb right up here but if we do the creek bottom it doesn't look so bad it's only like another half mile then that we could see a path that looked good that it didn't look good on onyx when i was on the aerials but in person you're like yeah we can climb up that and then we were like going up that last little bit and it was just like the, it's an old burn and the soil's just freaking horrible. Like it, you, you, everything's sliding and giving way under your feet. And I remember at some point, I'm just like, F you, Frank, like just <laughs> cursing at the Frank church. Like, uh, well, let us go. Just give us one easy step. Um, and it just, yeah, it just didn't want to, man. It's rough in there. So. That was the thing towards the end. She won't let us go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, uh, yeah, we ended up getting out. Uh, we did, um, gosh, what did we do? We did, that day total was like 10 and a half miles. And we hiked from 9.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. So 12 hours of hiking uh, and the 10 and a half miles. So obviously, we had that really slow creek bottom chunk. And then the next day um we had another 10 and a half miles to go and we did it in like four hours there's a uh, horse trail yeah. in there and just you know it's 10 and a half miles still but it's tr- like you know both of us are like ah, once we hit the trail it's you know game on i'll just walk out of here and it's pretty much what happened the next day a little sore when we woke up but a little bit of advil and some food and and um got our got out of there it was yeah. so uh we were right on at strava ended up right at 21 miles um from where we killed back to the strip Hmm. and you guys were i think you said 80 ish pounds back or in the 80s yeah i was uh when at the truck i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> tyler was <laughs> tyler won't ever live this uh, one down uh yeah. he's the one who kind of like oh i was like dude just grab the meat bags and divvy it up and and wait you know just we'll just get close <laughs> uh <laughs> and he uh he um he tricked me i guess because i was a little bit heavier than him so that, yeah, at the truck ramp. <laughs> i had no like you know it's a rule of mine like if it's your animal you gotta have the heaviest pack so it's totally cool but i was at 74.8 or something like that at the end and so i know with you know when we Dude, started water. i had two days of food so there's four pounds so i was 78.8 and then um uh some water yeah i was probably right around 80 when we when we started hiking that first day and then Tyler, what you were 63, something like that. 60, yeah, 62. Dang, 62. featherweight. 
Yeah, ah, so. 12, yeah, 12 pounds there. Cheated <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh, uh, but yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Uh, just yeah, pretty cool experience, and ended up taking a really nice ram, and just yeah, just jacked, jacked beyond belief. So yeah, I mean, anything you read about that country, um, guys that have done this hunt, you know, there's, I mean, everyone will tell you like a, a Frank Church ram, like it's right up there. Like you've earned it. And there just so much like, yeah, so much about that country that, you know, looking back when we, we got to that airstrip, I was just like, man, like that was a trip. Like I'd put it right up there with Alaska as far as like just adventure wise, like it was super cool. Just, I think for me, I was looking back on the hunt. It, I was almost just depressed on the lack of animals. I mean, if, if you want to like, that's the mentally the toughest hunt I've ever done. Like Alaska, you know, we had a last year on the doll sheep hunt. We had some slow days. We're not seeing doll sheep, but you're still seeing bears and caribou and moose. And, um, you know, the Frank is just, it's void just got life. these, yeah, just void of life. It's dry. It's rocky. You know, there's just like, it's just rough. I mean, it's a, it's a mental freaking battle in there. And I, you know, on the first trip, like I said, I was great. The second trip, um, I definitely had some moments where, you know, it was, it was just having Tyler there, having someone who's positive and, and keeping you up um, helped a lot. Cause I was definitely like had moments where, you know, like we talked about um, you know, in a Monday minute or something there a couple of weeks ago, prior to like, beginning of September, like just, you got to stop when it gets tough or hard to stop and appreciate like how lucky we are. We're out here doing this. We dream about this all year long. We love this stuff. Um I definitely had to remind myself of that plenty of times on on those couple of days there before we <laughs> before we shot the ram because it was just uh, yeah, it's just tough man it's just and like Tyler said seeing him picking up the rams like I can't express to you how much country we were looking at um, I, you know it, you just like almost a needle in a haystack right uh, and that needle um, was only in that one spot for two minutes uh, <laughs> and then you know if, if Tyler had missed that by just a couple minutes. They would have been in the shade and not visible and never would have picked them up. And uh, probably would have been a different story on the hunt. Probably would have come out unsuccessful. You know, it's funny how that it's like that. There's always an element of luck involved, um, but you create, you know, the harder you work, the more disciplined you are. You know, basically on this hunt, it's getting in good positions for glassing and staying behind the glass. Uh, you create that luck, you create the opportunities for yourself. But um, even if you do everything right, you, you could easily, easily, easily come out of that, come out of that unit without harvesting a sheep. Hmm. Yep. Tyler, how aware were you of like Steve being in the grind or being, I don't want to say down, right. But the little bit of like struggle, um, was that something you knew where his headspace was? And if so, do you, what do you do about that specifically just being a good hunting partner or were you not aware of that? Um, I make fun of me being a mouth breather. Yeah. <laughs> just, just it makes everybody happy. <laughs> no, I mean, I try to be pretty factual, I guess. Like it just like, you know, and I didn't really pick up too much negativity. He probably felt it more mentally and then, you know, but just like, yeah, I could tell there was a few times like, man, it's just, you know, he'd say, you know, gosh we're not seeing nothing like like well not seeing nothing until you do you know and and that was just it i mean it was funny how you know that's exactly how it played out was you know or nothing nothing and then four rams boom that evening like dead ram so i mean it's just you know and it's like any hunting you know it's just getting in that that mental state and just knowing you got to kind of grind through it and um that you're going to make an opportunity if you just, you know, the only guaranteed way to not kill something is go back to the truck. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've had that this last week, you know, just doing the unlimited stuff, you know, it's like, well, I need, I'm here. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing anything. And statistically even, you know, probably longer shot odds than, you know, maybe a Frank hunt, but, um, it's just, yeah, having that knowing in the back of your brain, like you just, that opportunity will, will make itself appear when it, it's supposed to appear. And, in this case, it was like everything just went perfect. And, uh, you know, the, the sheep were out right when, you know, I happened to pan over. And it's just funny how that 
sometimes it works like that. I mean, you can't can't really explain how, you know, I just yeah, and then it changes the mood, flip of switch. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, it is. I was pretty pretty goofy right as soon as I got those rams in the in the spotter. I started dancing around on the back of the ridge and <laughs> <laughs> I forget what else I did, but yeah, I was being pretty goofy. I mean, I was super super relieved to to finally get some rams in the scope. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, just pretty cool. It, it's still like I said, it's like a once in a lifetime. It's hard to even fully appreciate that, you know, but I'm definitely doing my best. So yeah. Well, we could talk for two more hours for sure. And I have more questions, but, uh, yeah, we have this yeah. limited window to chat today. So what I'll say is, uh, number one, I have questions. Number two, I think Steve, as you reflect on this further, you may have more insights, uh, and you know, more stories may come to your mind, Tyler, after the fact, in addition to that, I want to encourage listeners. If you guys have questions about the hunt, uh, if you want to dive more specifically into gear techniques, what have you, uh, just shoot us a quick email, um, send that to podcast at exomountgear.com. And what we'll do is we'll do some sort of follow-up here, um, to answer your questions, answer some of the more questions that I have, and then cover anything else that comes to mind, uh, for you guys, Steven Tyler. So I always crack up when I say Steve and Tyler, cause it's like Steven Tyler, like Aerosmith. So <laughs> that's, I'm just going to start calling you two Aerosmith. So if, any, yeah. if you have any there questions for Aerosmith, uh, send those by email to podcast at xmontgear.com. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, more to come, Steve, I've, I've said it once I've said it 10 times. Congrats, man, Tyler. So glad you were a part of it. Uh, such a cool story that we'll continue to talk about and answer questions on. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to do a gear one. Cause there's some new, new things I was using and Tyler and had some, uh, yeah, just a, some cool, you know, pros and cons for some new gear. We can give some feedback on. Perfect. I got my little flaws on them now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jot notes and we'll do it again, guys. Yeah.